Hi, this is Corey Turner, and along with my wife Simone, we are the senior pastors of Numa Church. I wanted to thank you for listening to our podcast today. You're about to hear a message from one of our team that we pray builds your faith and empowers you to follow Jesus more closely. Enjoy the message. So we're going to go to the book of Matthew. Man, I'm in the wrong arm. In last week's sermon, for some reason, there must be a connection. There must be the connection. So last week we talked about who is leading you. Some of you were here. Some of you might have heard the podcast during the week. But the thing we talked about last week was who is leading you. And we talked about being led by the Spirit should lead to being led by the Spirit. Being led by the Holy Spirit should lead us to a position of being led by the Spirit. And we said the way the Spirit leads us is by us hearing God's voice and obeying his voice. And as the Spirit speaks to us in our day today, as we give everything to him, he actually leads us through the traffic. Where there's stop signs in our journey, in our day today, we feel, oh, what happened there? Or it's like the road is closed, maybe it's a U-turn, take a detour. We get that month-to-month day today. God actually leads us into those things. But then they're also, as we follow his lead, takes us to a position of hearing more from him. If you missed that last week, check it out on the podcast. And we said we're to trust the guide, the Holy Spirit. He's our guide. We're to trust him. And end of the day, we're to keep in step with the Spirit. So as we're keeping in step with the Holy Spirit, and last week we talked about who is leading you. This week we're talking about where is he leading you to? Where is he leading us to? Where is he leading us? Where is he leading you? So Matthew chapter 4 will be on the screen. And what does it say? Where is he leading us? This is what it says. It's actually not chapter 4, Matthew 10. Not even Matthew 10. Matthew 9. Who's at Matthew 9 now? Matthew 9, 35 to 38. Let's go. And Jesus went throughout all the cities and villages, teaching in their synagogues and proclaiming, the gospel of the kingdom and healing every disease and every affliction. When he saw the crowds, he had compassion for them because they were harassed and helpless like sheep without a shepherd. Then he said to his disciples, the harvest is plentiful, but the laborers are few. Therefore, pray earnestly to the Lord of the harvest to send out laborers into the harvest. Did you guys see that on the screen or am I blocking you all? Laborers into his? Into his? Yeah, you're getting it. You guys can read. That's awesome. Let's go to John chapter 4, 35 to 38. Can hear those Bibles flipping almost there. Awesome. 
John 4, 35 to 38. Do you not say there are yet four months? Then comes the... Look, I tell you, lift up your eyes and see that the fields are wide for... I didn't plan to do that. I'm just enjoying it. Already the one who reaps is receiving wages and gathering fruit for eternal life. This is Jesus talking to his disciples. So that the sower and reaper may rejoice together. For here the saying holds true. One sows and another reaps. I sent you to reap that for which you did not labor. I sent you to reap that for which you did not labor. Others have labored and you have entered into their labor. He's telling his disciples, others have labored, but you have entered into their labor. Go into the harvest. The harvest is ripe. The harvest is white. The field is white. Go, he's telling them. But it says others have labored. Who are these others that have labored? Could be people in the Old Testament. It could be John the Baptist who prepared the way. But Jesus is saying the harvest is ready. People are ready to hear the gospel. Enter into their labor, the ones that have sown. But the one who's really labored is our God, our Jesus. He's sown. He's like the master sower. And he's saying, go and reap. Go out and reap. What do you think is the thing that I'm talking about today? Where is he leading us to? What is he leading us into? He's leading us into the harvest. That John 4, 38, no, actually 36, where it says already on the screen, it says, verse 36, John 4, it says already the one who reaps is receiving wages and gathering fruit for eternal. It says already. In the NIV, it says even now. The laborer is reaping, is receiving wages, even now. We're here to declare today that something's happening, something's rising, that now is the time. Now is the time for harvest. Now we don't need to wait for the harvest. Now is the time. This is the time today of salvation. It's like we all know it, right? But today is the day of salvation. We're believing that we're entering into a great time of harvest in the kingdom of God. Anyone else been sensing that? There's word around the place because God's speaking, not just to you and you, but to so many people. And everyone's talking about a harvest, a harvest coming into the kingdom of God. Multiplication is a word that is on our hearts. Multiplication is a word that is on our hearts. The harvest is what brings multiplication. For that multiplication to take place, we need to know where God is leading us. Even just a few weeks ago, we had Layla, an itinerant minister, come in and preach, and she had a word for Candace and I about the harvest. She said, you guys have been sowing so much in other people's lives over years. And she's hearing about the fruit in other places. But she said, this, this is time for you guys. And not just you guys, but all of us as a church to see a harvest. Pastor Corey's talking about it. 
other prophets are talking about it. But when we talk about multiplication, what are we talking about? Multiplication is when things increase. That's what comes to my mind. Things increase. We're talking about the multiplication of God's work and God's heart in our midst. Multiplication. I really believe that God doesn't want what's happening here to just stay here. So many others need it. Everywhere God's taking us, in our workplaces, in our homes, in our businesses, wherever God's taking you, there's people who need what is happening here. Revival is God's heart being made manifest on the earth. People need to see what is on God's heart. People need to experience it. It's not just for us. Who's, who's here for the first time? We had Leo. Mate, so good. You see, there's, God wants what's happening here to impact you. Who's been here just for the last month? Only for the last month you've been coming. There you go. Last four, five months. Awesome. Last eight months. If you've been here for the last 10 months to 12 months, let's all just raise our hands. Don't be shy, including everyone who's, who I said one month. Anywhere from this month going back to January last year. See, God wants what's happening here to impact the community. He'll bring people in. Some will just come in to visit, but no matter what it is, when they come, they will carry whatever God's doing here to where they're going. Multiplication. Just think about multiplication. It just doesn't come out of nothing. It doesn't come out of nothing. One times two. Neri, what's one times two? <laughs> yeah, it's two. It's two. <laughs> oh, man. Two times four. Six. Eight. See? <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Zero times ten. Zero. See, for multiplication to happen, it's got to start with something that's already there. So there's something in all of us already that God is doing that is putting us his word, salvation, his Holy Spirit, and he wants that to multiply. And we've got that in us. So the multiplication is already in us. But where is he leading us to? What's in you right now? What is in you? When I look at this church... I see a people that are convicted about who God is, about what God is doing, about what God has called them to. There's a conviction. When I see the faces in this place and how people serve in the house, how people are faithful in the workplace, I see a people that are so consistent in the things of God. We see hands going up. God's adding. He's adding people. I see addition. But as I shared a team advance a few months ago, where to from here? I really feel God wants to take us from conviction to being contagious. He wants to take us from, we're, we're, we're convicted, we're going for it, but it's got to be contagious. It's got to spread. It's not just for you and me. God wants to take us from being consistent to seeing reproduction. We can be consistent, you can keep showing up. But if there's no increase 
in the things of God. I'm not just talking about numbers. I don't care about numbers. It's still encouraging to see people coming to church. But if there's no reproduction of people coming to know Christ, of people becoming more like Christ through what God is doing in us, you know, where are we going? I really believe God's taken us from addition to multiplication. Why? Because Jesus came to do one thing. He came to seek and save the lost. (laughs) How many people are lost out there? There's so many. There's so many. Bro, you were lost, but now you're found, bro. It's all good. You will continue to be found. But there's so many people that are lost. So let's not get caught up. Oh, what's the church on about? Increase multiplication. It's God's heart. People need what we have. I really believe that. You know, God's already called us through his word to the Great Commission to go. And we've been going in different ways. But I really believe that he's calling us to an acceleration. There's an acceleration. God wants to move in ways that we haven't even started to imagine. And it's not about the pastors. It's not about the people leading worship. It's about you and you and you, all of us. He wants to multiply people in his kingdom through us. So I really believe there's going to be a bursting at the seams. Like this room's not going to be big enough. It's going to get to the point where it's uncomfortable. And then God will make a way where there seems to be no way. Why? Because it's harvest time. What time is it? What time is it? Oh, man. It feels like Coach Carter or something. Oh, man. Jeremy's like, what have I got myself into today? But what is this harvest that God is leading us into? What is it? It's a harvest of souls. That's what God is leading us into. A harvest of souls. People coming to know Jesus. People giving their hearts to Jesus. People giving their lives to Jesus. Making him their Lord and Savior. Just like you and me have done. We've given our lives to Jesus. But there's so many people that need him and are going to find him. Because... We've gone out there in different ways and preached the gospel. I just see more and more signs and wonders, miracles happening. That's how people are going to come. They're going to hear testimonies from the prayers that we pray for one another. You're going to pray for them on the street, at work, in different settings. People will be healed. People will be set free. That's what signs and wonders are for. For the harvest to come. It has to be signs and wonders. We need his presence. We've got his presence, but we need more. None of this can happen without his presence. So Jesus says, the harvest is plentiful, but the laborers are few. The fields are white for harvest. So when Jesus often spoke about harvest, he was often talking in connection to souls. It's what he was talking about. There's other references in other places in the Bible, but one of the main ones is to do with souls. Who agrees with this? People today are more open to the gospel, to the truth more than ever before. People are more open. 
don't know whether it was COVID or what it was, but people are more open. But are we more open to share it? It was just the other day, Friday, we went to a playground in the hood with the kids. I don't just go to the playground by myself. <laughs> there with the kids and the wife, had, you know, had some food, kids played, and then we're walking back to the car. And it's bedtime for the kids, so we're like sort of rushing. We see this young couple, dudes and all like tats and everything. Nothing wrong with tats from my end. But when you see someone tats, you're like, okay, cool. <laughs> so you start to make judgments, right? Anyway, these guys are cooking up a storm. There's only two of them at, like, at the playground under a gazebo. You know, there's the barbecue. They just, there's like eight beef patties. But there's only two of them. They're setting up a table. We're like, mm, that smells good, guys. You got people coming, coming over or what's going on? They're like, nah, it's just for us. Do you want to join in? Like, nah, man, we just have Maccas today, special day, we're full. Um, and then that was it, we just walked to the car, and they were so friendly. As I'm walking to the car, I'm like, oh, man, I've got one of those flies in my car. Haven't really given one to anyone yet, Pastor Steve. Anyone given these out yet? Don't all try to like it. Yeah, we got to give these out. Don't just keep it in your car like me. I saw the fly and I was like, I need to give that fly to this dude. Candace's like, what are you doing? Kids are like, what are you doing? I'm like, I've just got to, I want to give this fly to those guys. Like, oh, cool. So I go to them. I just don't know what's going to happen, right? They could be like, well, thanks, mate, or like chuck it or whatever. So I'm like, hey, guys, just wanted to invite you to, to this conversation we're having at church. They're like, oh, what's that? I'm like, oh, it's called Alpha. They're like, oh, what's that? I'm like, it's just a conversation about exploring faith and the meaning of life. They go, oh, wow, we were just talking about that before. I'm like, what do you mean? They go, oh, we are just talking about with a guy that was here before just about culture and society and, and how it just keeps changing. I'm like, yeah, man, it's like crazy, isn't it? Like, like the truth just keeps changing for everyone. It's like whatever is the most common denominator in society is what everyone goes for. Like, yeah, we're just thinking with kids. That would be so hard raising kids with what's going on. I'm like, dude, come to Alpha, man. It's going to be a video. There's going to be food. Just isn't a few weeks. He's like, oh, man, if we're around, we'll, we'll, you know, we'll come around. We had a bit more of a chat. And then I went, I don't know if they'll come to Alpha, but they were open. And now they've got the fly. It's got a little barcode that was scanned. Who knows what they're going to see? Who knows who else is going to come talk to them? Someone else was talking to them before about the meaning of life. You see, it says one sows, one reaps. You enter into other people's labor. You don't have to have done all the work. You just do what God's saying for you to do. You're led by the Spirit. And you just do what he's saying to do. So that's all I did then. And I was encouraged because people are so open, so open to the things of God. So we've got to let him lead us into his harvest. Harvest is all about collecting, gathering the crop, the fruit, go out in the field. You collect, you gather the ripened fruit or the crop. This is what harvest is. And like I said, Jesus is talking about souls. The harvest is plentiful. People are open, and we can easily waste the opportunities. There's so much opportunity. We don't have to feel like under pressure about it. Just say, God, what do you want to do? Who do you want to speak to? How often do we pray that prayer daily? Lord, who can I share 
the gospel with? Who, who can I just share the gospel and pray for? I want to see someone saved today. Like God can do that because people are open. God is softening hearts. So let's not waste opportunities. Just go and share the message as God leads you. Harvest of souls. You guys know what I'm talking about? Multiplication. So what are we to do in the harvest time? What are we to do in the harvest time? First and foremost, we've got to realize that we've done nothing to earn it. The harvest. Seeing someone get saved, we don't save them. Nothing we can do to earn it. It's all by grace. It's all by grace. It comes out of what Jesus has sown into people's hearts. He's already written his law on people's hearts. So it's nothing that we can earn. We will reap where we haven't sown or labored. We read that in John 4.38. So what are we to do in harvest time? God is sending us. He's sending you and I. That's what we're to do. We're to be sent out. He is sending you. He is sending me. What are we to do in the harvest time? Harvest is collecting, going out and collecting, gathering. We're to actually go out to who God's leading us to. It's not even going out. It's just being where you are. And it involves sharing the message, doing life with people, wherever you are, discipling people. You know, discipleship just doesn't start after someone's got saved. Discipleship is before. How you share the word with them before they're saved. But then how you stick with them after they get saved. Or maybe you connect them to another church somewhere else. Or you connect them somewhere. It's not all about bringing them into Numa South. And then we nurture. You nurture that person in their faith. Point them to God. And they become more and more like Jesus. As we're all becoming more and more like Jesus. So he's sending us out. We're called to partner with Jesus. It's nothing we've done to earn it, but he calls us to actually partner with what he's done, with what he's doing, partner with the Holy Spirit, because who knows, without Jesus, we can do nothing. We can do nothing. It's not about our ability. John 15, 5 says, I'm the vine, you are the branches. Abide in me as I abide in you. And you will bear much fruit. For apart from me, you can do nothing. It's all about him. He's sending us out to reap, but we've got to do it by partnering with him. You know, Jesus actually asks us to pray. We saw it in that verse. The harvest is plentiful, but the laborers are few. So he says, pray earnestly. To the Lord of the harvest, to send out laborers into his harvest. Prayer. What are we to do in the harvest time? We're to pray. Prayer is to be our first response. No point going out there, we're trying to talk to someone about Jesus if we're not praying about it. He says, pray. In church, we're like, oh, we need laborers. We need people to do this, people to do that. Oh, pray earnestly for the laborers, Lord. Send the laborers. Send the, oh, pray and healing, 2 p.m. service. Come on, guys. Oh, send the laborers. But you know what happens? 
when Jesus says that to his disciples, he tells them, pray earnestly. When Jesus says pray, it's because he wants to answer the prayer. He doesn't ask us to pray just to pray. So he tells his disciples in, in um, John, no, no, in Matthew 4, where we read before, 35 to 30, pray earnestly for the laborers to be sent into the harvest, his harvest. Do you know what happens after that, after they've prayed? If you look in your Bibles later on, Matthew chapter 10, it says, and then he sent the disciples out. He sends them out. So they're praying earnestly for the laborers, but then they were the laborers. They were the answer to the prayer. They were the answer to the multiplication. The multiplication is not going to happen when we just pray for laborers to come into the harvest. But actually, as we pray earnestly and we go out and God leads you to where he wants to save people, those people are going to become disciples. Those people are going to become laborers. I'm just like, wow. We can get so caught up just praying earnestly when we are actually the answer to the prayer. We're actually the answer to that prayer. So this is what it says happens in um, Matthew 10. Check this out. Let me try to get back to it. There it is. It goes, And he called to him his 12 disciples and gave them authority over unclean spirits to cast them out and to heal every disease and every affliction. Matthew 10 verse 1. Verse 5. These 12 Jesus sent out instructing them, go nowhere among the Gentiles and enter no town of the Samaritans, but go rather to the lost sheep of the house of Israel and proclaim as you go, saying, the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Heal the sick, raise the dead, cleanse the lepers, cast out demons. You receive without pain, give without pay. So he sends them out. What happens in the harvest time? Where, he's le- where is he leading us to? He's leading us into the harvest, harvest of souls, but he's actually sending you and I out into the harvest field. This is how multiplication happens. Don't wait until others come. We don't have to wait until others come, until we have more team, until we have more people. You go, you share his word. You pray for people for healing. He's sending us out. I just can't wait to hear the testimonies in this time of harvest. The harvest of souls. As we pray for people at work. Someone going through something, just say, can I pray for you? It's not, I, I can't think of any time where I've said to someone, can I pray for you? They've gone, no. They'll just go, oh, okay, yeah, oh, you know. They might be a bit resistant. Or they're like, oh, thank you so much. You pray for them and go, oh, no one's ever done anything like that for me. Some people have no clue. This next generation has no clue. There's no religious education in the schools. They've got no way of hearing. How are they going to hear unless we go out there? So he's sending us out. This daily praying. For people to get saved. Who are you inviting to Alpha? Just invite. Give that flyer. Who are you inviting to church? They might not come to church. You are the church. Who are you inviting into your space? And share Jesus with. He's leading us. The Holy Spirit is leading us. So wherever you are, he's led you there. If you end up in hospital for some reason, that's the harvest field. Let him use you. Maybe you're the sick one. 
let him use you. I just love one of our congregation was telling me he had to get heart surgery. The doctors were telling him, you are done tonight. You're you're, going to pass away tonight. You're not going to make it. But what this guy said was, no. He's like, nurses, come here. Doctors, come here. He goes, you see this hand? You know that song? He's got the whole world in his hand. He goes, he's got, he's got me in his hand. He goes, come on, let's pray. He starts making them all pray with him. A few days later, he had his surgery. He's been home for weeks. He came to church for the first time last week. But he used, he was playing sermons loud on his phone in the hospital, playing worship. People are like, what is going on? But it's the harvest field in the hospital. In your work, it's the harvest field. Wherever you go, at the cafe, the harvest is ripe. So be the laborer. Be the laborer. Be the answer to prayer. Like I said, if Jesus is asking us to pray for something, he's got to want to do it. And I really believe there's things that God's put on all our hearts that we've been praying for. And I really believe he wants to show off that he answers prayer. That we're going into a season of answered prayer. Because how are people going to come to Jesus unless we've given them testimonies? It's not bribing, it's the truth. God is so good. Share testimonies of his goodness, but share testimonies of the tough times because he's good in the tough times and how he's brought you through. What are we to do in the harvest time? We're to pray. We're to be the laborers. And as we do that, the multiplication will come. Multiplication will take place. Salvation will take place. Miracles will take place. Like I said, I just see this place bursting at the seams with hungry people. Just picture it, hungry people in this place. People that are transformed, people that are transforming, people that are becoming more like Jesus. People that take what's happening in here out of here. We don't need like music when we're out there for, you know, to be hungry and for God to move. Just wherever you are. Just listen to his still small voice. What do you want me to say? What do you want me to do? He'll give you the words. What will happen in the harvest time? People will get saved. I see people being equipped in this place and fired up to go out. You know, we hear about evangelism all the time. But I really believe that it's time to embrace it even more. And that we'll have to say, sorry, guys, that's enough testimonies. We can't share anymore. Just talk about it after church with your friends. Come on, that's part of the harvest. And I love how it says, you will reap where you have not labored. Reaping where you have not labored. Like we came into Numa South eight months ago and we came into this place and people were just hungry, solid. We're thinking, oh, what did we do to deserve this? Pastor Don and Hannah. They labored, they sowed, and we get to reap where we haven't sown. When I talk about reaping, it's about a joy that you and I experience of what God is doing as people's lives are transformed, as people come to Jesus. That's the joy of being a co-laborer with God. So we're just amazed that we can step into this and do life with you guys, seeing people get baptized Lives transformed, people healed, families healed. 
just doing journeys with people, hopefully seeing people get married soon, word for somebody. It's all part of it. It's all by grace. It's all by God's grace. But for us to see the fruit, the harvest, we have to stay in a place, a position of grace. That position, that posture of grace is being humble. It's being hungry. God, I depend on you. I need you. I don't have the words, but you give me the words. Lord, I'm so dependent on you. I need to get into the word daily to hear from you. You know, you read something in the morning in God's word or whenever. You might not even get much out of it, but you store it in your heart. Next thing you're talking to someone somewhere, and you're like, oh, that was for that person. That is all part of God's work in the harvest. Let's stay in a place of grace. So who's God leading? Who's God leading? Who is leading you? Who's God wanting to lead as we go into this time of harvest? Who does he want to lead? This is who I sense he wants to lead. He wants to lead a people full of God. A people full of God. A people full of his presence. We need to be full of his presence to continue to be hungry. The more you just soak in his presence, the more you want it. If you get too full and you're not giving to anyone else, you're just going to fall to the ground and can't get up because you're too full. But when you're walking in where he wants you to go and you share and you serve and you care, he's emptying you out. He's emptying you out. But the cool thing is, is he's emptying you out. He's filling you up. He's filling you up. It's a constant thing of being full, full, filled and emptied again. God wants to lead a people who are full of God. So will you be part of the harvesting? Will you be part of this harvesting? Are you a sent one? Are you saying, send me, Lord? Send me. I will go, send me, I will go to this city, to this nation, to the nations of the world. Do you know that song? Yeah, yeah cool. We're not going to sing that after. <laughs> but are you a set one? A people full of God. A people full of God, so full that what is on you? What is in you people are going to want? They're going to be like, oh, Michaela, what is happening? And you're going to point them to God. And they're just going to, that's an opportunity. You tell them your story. You tell them where you're at. A people full of God. God wants to lead a people full of God. It will attract people. Christians should be attractive. Born again believers should be attractive. We are attractive. Because we've got the glow. We've got the glow. People see it. Don't block it. Don't be ashamed. Because the harvest is ripe. God is not interested in a church full of people. God is not interested in a church full of people. 
He desires a people full of himself. He desires a people full of himself. That's what he's interested in. Come on. A people full of God. Revival isn't a church full of people, but a people full of God. This is who God is wanting to lead. So let's stay in a posture of grace, hungry, humble, being led by Him in all areas. Thank you for joining us for this message today. We don't assume that every person listening has a personal relationship with Jesus Christ. And so today, we invite you to begin following Jesus as your Lord and Saviour. The Bible teaches that every one of us has been created for a relationship with God. Sin has separated us from that relationship, but God loved us so much that He gave us His one and only Son, Jesus Christ. Jesus lived, died and rose again, conquering sin, Satan and death itself. If we believe in our hearts that God has raised Jesus from the dead and we confess with our mouth that Jesus is Lord, we will be saved. So if you are ready to pray in faith, turning away from your sin and believing in Jesus for your salvation, please pray this prayer. Dear Jesus, I believe that you are the Son of God and I ask you to forgive me and cleanse my heart from all of my sin. I receive by faith the free gift of eternal life and I ask that you would fill me with the Holy Spirit. I thank you that I am born again as a child of God and that you have made me a new creation in Christ Jesus. In Jesus' name I pray, Amen. If you have prayed that prayer for the first time, we would love to know and help connect you to a local church in your area. You can contact us on our website, numa.church. Thank you for listening.